And in Joshua chapter 3, this is children of Israel getting ready to cross the Jordan River as they have done so many times before. This time is special because they're getting ready to enter into the promised land. Verse 3 says, And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. There's a lot to unpack in those few verses. But I want to I want to draw something out to you. He said when you see the glory coming, you shall remove from your place and go after it and there shall be a space between you and it about 2000 cubits by measure come not near unto it. You may know the way by which you must take. For you have not passed this way heretofore. He said, when you see the glory coming, you can't stay where you are. You got to leave from where you are. And you have to go with the glory. And so I want to talk to you about that simple subject tonight, going with the glory. Going with the glory. Lord, we love you. And we feel your power and your presence in this room. There is an undeniable touch of the Holy Ghost that has settled down in this place. We thank you, God, that we are seated together with you in heavenly places. And the place whereon we stand is holy ground. And I am asking you today, Jesus, to rend the heavens. Remove any doubt. Remove any unbelief. Remove any complacency. Remove any desire for the status quo. And God, I pray that you would stir a hunger in us for more of you. Take us places we've never been in the spirit as you did for your children Israel. Let us leave from where we are today and let us go with your glory let us go with your presence not with our agenda not with our desires not with our flesh not with our carnality but God let us go with the glory of the Lord let your glory fill this room today Jesus and let the posts of the door begin to shake the voice of him that cries holy Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. God, I pray before the preaching is even finished that the weight of your glory would settle into this room and that the glory cloud would fill the atmosphere so much so that there's not even room enough 
for the ministers to minister. We love you, God. God, I pray even right now, God, that something would grip the heart of every individual. God, and that they would turn their affection toward you. And that you would shake us in this house. Come on, church. Would you lift your voice and entertain the glory of the Lord that is in this room? God, I pray that you would eradicate every preconceived notion about this service. God, I pray that you would remove any low level of expectation. We lift the barriers off of you in this room right now. Do something in this house we've never seen you do before. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Mm. You ought to just pray in the Holy Ghost in this room. Come on, let's push past any religious tradition, anything you might have expected in this service. Let's push past that. The Holy Ghost is in this room. This might be as far as we get, and that's all right. When the glory shows up, we got to go with the glory. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated tonight.
is interesting to me that the children of Israel did not learn how to be led of the Spirit in the promised land. But they learned how to be led of the Spirit in the wilderness. As a matter of fact, it was being led of the Spirit that got them out of the wilderness and into everything that God had promised them. And if there has ever been an hour that the church has had to navigate a wilderness, believe it's safe to say that it is in the year 2023. And it is being led of the Spirit that is going to get us through the wilderness and allow us to possess everything that God has promised the apostolic church to possess. God speaks to Joshua and says, I'm getting ready to take you to a place you have never been before. The only way you're going to access this new dimension is when you see the glory coming, you are to remove from your place and you are to go after it. And he said that there is to be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure. And he says something interesting to me. The reason that it is interesting to me is because it is the exact opposite of everything we preach in the apostolic church. He says, when it comes to the glory, in order for you to go where I'm trying to take you, come not near unto it. That is so different from everything that we preach in the apostolic church. Because when we talk about the glory... We make it our primary objective to get as close to the glory of God as we possibly can. But in this instance, God said, come not near unto it. Why? So that you will know the way which you are supposed to go. In other words, if you get too close to the glory... You won't be able to see the path that it is preparing for you to walk down. God was sending a message to his people. That in order for you to possess everything I have promised you. You've got to make sure that you leave room for the glory to work. And I am seeing in the apostolic church that there are a lot of people. That have room for everything else, but they don't have room for the glory to work. Because the Bible said that there was no room for Jesus in the end. And if there was no room for Jesus in the end, that meant there was room for everything else, but not enough room for Jesus. 
God forbid we ever get to the place in the apostolic church where we have room for our stage design and we have room for our solo and we have room for our instruments and we have room for our schedule and we have room for our agenda and I have room for my preaching but we don't have room for the glory of God to work. So we see in Exodus where God is giving Moses the instructions for the tabernacle. He gives him the measurement and the material. He gives him the product and the pattern. And then finally you get into Exodus chapter 40. And we see where it is time for that tabernacle in the wilderness to be constructed for the very first time. And when they begin to instruct this tabernacle. The very first article of furniture that was placed inside the tabernacle was the Ark of the Covenant. It was the glory that set precedent for everything else that took place in the house of God. So they started with the glory and they worked their way backward. And the next time they entered the tabernacle... They started with the outer court and worked their way forward toward the Ark of the Covenant. So here it is. The first time they entered the tabernacle, they started with the glory. But the next time they entered the tabernacle, they finished with the glory. We have got to get back to the place in the apostolic church where we start with the glory of God and we finish with the glory of God. We have got to make sure that the glory sets precedent for everything that takes place in the house of worship that we are in on this Sunday night. But I am seeing a spirit creep into our movement where the production is getting bigger and the prayer room is getting smaller. God bring us back to the place where we are all about the glory. So when it comes to this word glory, the question is, what is the glory of God? What does the glory mean? When we use that word glory, do we really know the magnitude of what we're saying? I think a lot of times we use buzzwords in Pentecost that excite a crowd and really we don't truly understand the magnitude of what we're saying. And so we have to consider the law of first mention. The law of first mention is a theological principle that says the very first time that something is mentioned in Scripture, whatever meaning and whatever context it is used in that moment, sets precedent for every other time that it is used in Scripture. And so the very first time that the word glory is ever used in the Bible in reference to the glory of the Lord is in Exodus chapter 16. And the context of this is the children of Israel are at a frustrating place. They're looking around and they're saying, we were comfortable in Egypt and we've not yet possessed our promise. 
And what has become of our leader Moses? And they are, they are frustrated because they are not where they were, but they are not yet where they're going. And in a place of transition, you have got to be careful not to begin to lift your voice in doubt and question to your leadership. But I believe that this is a church that has got a made up mind that wherever Pastor Myers has a vision to take us, we are going to follow him and follow the glory of God wherever they want to go. So God disrupts all of their murmuring and all of their complaining. And he says, at even you shall know that it was the Lord which brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord. That word glory there translates to mean reputation. So when the glory of God shows up, the reputation of God shows up. In other words, when God's glory shows up, He will always do what He is known for doing. And the last time I checked, we serve a God that has got a reputation for filling people with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We serve a God that has got a reputation for putting broken marriages back together. He has got a reputation for bringing prodigals back into the house of God. He has got a reputation for healing cancerous cells. He has got a reputation for opening the blinded eyes and unstopping the deaf ears. Aren't you thankful today that we serve a God that's got a reputation that is known for the Miraculous. And so he said it even. You shall know that it was the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory or the reputation of the Lord. Can I tell you that those two words at evening and morning, those are key words there. Those are not there by accident. Because at creation the Bible said that the evening and the morning were the first day. You know what God was saying to his people? He was saying, just give me one more day and I'm going to turn this mess around can I preach to somebody here today and say you just give God one more day and he's going to turn your situation around I said, you just give God one more day and he's going to turn your situation around. I've seen God do more in one altar call than what doctors could do in 10 and 20 years. I've seen God do more in one moving of the Holy Ghost than what lawyers and therapists and counselors could do in 10 and 15 and 20 years. I've come to tell somebody, just give God one more day and your sickness might be healed. One more day and your marriage will be stronger than ever. One more day and you won't need the medication anymore. One more day and you won't have to pump yourself with insulin because of diabetes. Does anybody believe one more day is all it takes for God to step in your mess and show his reputation?
Uh, but I want to tell you tonight, if you came to Sunday night church uh, just to hear a good sermon and go through the motions, uh, you are undermining the God that you serve. You see, I've noticed something in Pentecost, uh, and I'm trying to be kind here tonight, but I have noticed something in Pentecost uh, that we think we have a corner on the market when it comes to the glory of God, and that God is obligated to show up just because we come into the house of God. But in Isaiah 6, the Bible said that the glory of the Lord filled the atmosphere, and those angels cried, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the Bible said the posts of the door shook at the voice of Him that cried. I always thought that believed the post shook because of the glory, but that's not what it said. The post began to shake because of their response to the glory of God. Can I tell you here today, if you want things to shake in this house, when God releases His glory, you've got to respond to the glory. Would you lift your voice and respond to the presence of your great God? Come on, you ought to cry, Holy, Holy, Holy! And so I've come to awaken some things in this church here tonight. Because God looked at Joshua and he said, you've never passed this way heretofore. That seems like a contradiction to me, Bishop Myers. Because when you look at the history of Israel, you will find out that they had crossed the Jordan River many times. But God looked at him and said, you've never passed this way heretofore. What God was saying was, is you've been here before, but it's never been like this. What I'm about to do, there's no metric for what I'm about to do. The banks of the Jordan overflow during all the time of harvest. And I think sometimes in the apostolic church, we think this end time revival is going to be the same measurement as the book of Acts. Or the same measurement as Topeka, Kansas. Or the same measurement of the Azusa Street revival. But I feel the Holy Ghost saying, there's no blueprint for this. There's no measurement for this. You've seen revival in years gone by but not like what I'm about to give you and so I've come to preach to East Wind you've had revival in the past but if you'll get out of your complacency and go with the glory there's another level for you there's come on you've never been this way before somebody ought to shout in this house right now And so God comes and he's manifest in the flesh. We beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He was the representation 
of God's reputation in the earth. So when God created man, he created man in his image. Which means that man in the garden was the the representation of God's reputation in the earth for that day. And there are spirits of Antichrist that have been released into the earth that are in opposition to the image and the glory of God. Because the commission to Adam and Eve was be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth with my glory. Every baby that was born was a multiplication of the image and the glory of God in the earth. And so there are spirits of Antichrist that are in direct opposition to the image and glory of God being spread. One of them is the spirit of abortion. But aren't you thankful here today that Roe versus Wade was overturned? I'm going to try that one again. Aren't you thankful today uh, that Roe versus Wade was overturned? And I'm going to tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Uh, The natural is a reflection of the spiritual. As there was a restraint removed in the natural for natural babies to be born, there was a restraint moved in the spirit for spiritual babies to be born. Uh, That spirit of abortion uh, will not rob the apostolic church uh, from birthing the greatest revival the world has ever seen. Uh, But I believe there are apostles uh, that have not yet been born. Uh, There are prophets that have not yet been born there are evangelists and pastors and teachers that have not yet been born and that second spirit is the spirit of homosexuality And I'm not talking about these two predominant spirits in the earth. Because I feel that anybody's struggling with that in this house. Though that may be the case. But I'm trying to make us aware of the enemy's devices. Because what you have to understand about the spirit of homosexuality is it breaks God's order for the family in the apostolic church. Because what homosexuality does, you've got to understand that God created man and woman. And when there was alignment, there was a pathway. There was a pathway that was created for the glory to be released into the earth for the very first time. And so man represents that symbol of authority. And woman represents that symbol of submission. And when there was authority and submission to authority, it created a pathway for the glory to be released into the earth. Now let me tell you what the spirit of homosexuality does. It takes two symbols of authority and excludes submission. And it takes two symbols of submission and excludes authority. And when there's all authority and no submission, or all submission and no authority there's no pathway for the glory to be released into the earth but when you've got one man and one woman under the bonds of holy matrimony they bear the image of God and the glory fills the 
Let me put it to you like this. There's only one bridegroom and his name is Jesus. And there's only one bride and it's the apostolic church. And when we're and when we get in alignment with him, the glory fills the house. Somebody lift your hands and your voice all over this building. And so we've got to know that the enemy is no match for the God that you serve. There was a photo taken during the Iraqi war of Iraqi citizens destroying the image of Saddam Hussein in the city square. They wanted Saddam Hussein, but because they could not get to Saddam Hussein, they destroyed the image that represented Saddam Hussein. Can I tell you that the enemy does not even attack your God because he's no match for your God. So what does he do? He attacks the image that represents your God. So if you've been fighting an enemy today, you need to shout in this house. You must look like the God that created you. You ought to dance in the devil's face right now. You bear the image of a great big God. Somebody ought to say, my kids look like Jesus. My marriage looks like Jesus. My ministry, it looks like Jesus. My finances look like Jesus. Our youth group look like Jesus. Come on, aren't you thankful today? He's got a big reputation and you look like him. Come on, you ought to respond to the glory until the posts begin to shake. You feel that God's reputation is filling this house right now. There's no sickness big enough. There's no addiction big enough. There's no diagnosis big enough. There's no bondage big enough. You serve a big God. Oh, let's lift our hands in this house and let's pray. Come on, the glory's filling this house. And so in order for things to be shaken in the kingdom, when God releases the glory, there's got to be a response to the glory. If there's glory without a response, nothing is shaken. 
Because the posts of the door began to shake at the voice of them that cried, Holy, 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 Holy. You'll catch it here in a minute. Holy, Holy. I see some of you are still a little bashful wondering uh, if that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to be doing uh, because the release of the glory needs a response to the glory. generational curses being broken in this house right now I feel shackles falling off of your life right now I feel addiction being broken right now come on you gotta get out of your place and go with the glory You don't need to wait on another good point. You need to get lost in the glory of God. What does the glory want you to do? The glory wants you to pray. The glory wants you to intercede. The glory wants you to shout. The glory wants you to get out of your seat and respond until things begin to shake. I'm going to tell you in this house right now, here, here's what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you that when they were getting ready to cross the Jordan River, when they were getting ready to cross the Jordan River and the glory, the Ark of the Covenant is out in front of them. That was the first time in the history of the nation of Israel that they were not led by the pillar of fire or the cloud. And it was also the first time that the Ark of the Covenant was in front of the camp, not in the middle or behind the camp. In other words, when God was taking them to a place that they had never been, He moved in a way He had never moved. Because they would have been able to predict. They would have been able to quantify. They would have been able to measure the way God's moved in the past. Well, we're expecting to come. And this glory's going to be in the middle like it's always been. And then all of a sudden this pillar of fire, this cloud is going to move. And we're just going to follow it like we've always done. But God said, no, 
I'm moving in a way I've never moved. You're waiting on a pillar and a cloud and you're waiting on the glory to be in the middle but the glory's about to move out front and the ark of the covenant is going to lead you to a place you've never been. And we have gotten to the place where we can predict the move of God in the apostolic church. But I'm going to tell you when this end time revival takes place, you're not going to be able to just show up to church and stick your finger in the air and predict the way the wind's going to blow. We can predict two gifts of the Spirit. Everybody's comfortable when that holy hush comes over the crowd and tongues go forth. And you can almost pinpoint who's going to give the interpretation. But what about the other seven gifts of the Spirit? We get a little iffy with those when there's no tongues and somebody just bursts out, Thus saith the Lord. What about just a good saint on the pew that never touches a microphone? That all of a sudden, they, they just get... I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. All of a sudden, you just get a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge and you get up and walk smooth across the platform or smooth across the sanctuary and you get in somebody's ear you've never met and you begin to open up your mouth and speak, Thus saith the Lord. What about when somebody with a sickness or a disease walks into this building and you need to stop waiting on the one with the microphone to lay their hands on their head. You ought to get enough faith in you that says, God, I'm thankful for what you did yesterday, but I don't want a move of God I can predict. I appreciate your response, but even now, we've learned how to predict the protocol of a church service. The Holy Ghost is so thick in this house. But you're waiting on me to give another point. I'm only giving more points because this thing hadn't broken open yet. You could shut this service down whenever you get ready. I said you can shut this service down whenever you get ready. It just all depends. Do you want to leave where you are and go with the glory in this service? When's the last time you laid on your face in the presence of God and said, I'm not worried about the altar call. I'm going to make my own altar call. Give me the glory. Give me the power. Give me the presence of God. All right, here it is. I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to leave you with this and then I'm done. The rest is up to you. I'm going to leave you with this. If you're praying, listen to me. I'm going to leave you with this. 
But I feel such an unction in the Holy Ghost to say what I'm about to say. But the glory is lost under the leadership of Saul. And one of the first things that David does when he becomes king is he says, we got to get the glory back to Jerusalem. And in 2 Samuel, David, he's making his way back to Jerusalem with the glory of the Lord. And the Bible says that David danced with all his might. Because again, things don't shake in the kingdom until there's a response to the release of the glory. David said, the glory's coming back. I got to respond to it. And here's what the Bible says. It says that his wife, my call, despised him in her heart. You know what my call was doing? She was looking down from a window at her husband dancing in the presence of the Lord. And what my call embodied was the spirit of the elevated bride. When she reached an elevated position of blessing, she began to look down on the very thing that got her to where she was. And I feel such an unction in the Holy Ghost to tell East Wind, God has blessed this bride. God has blessed you beyond what you can even imagine. But if you're not careful, you'll start looking down on the things that got you to where you are. Yeah, Wins Conference is known all across the world and it's gaining momentum. And I believe it's the perfect will of God that meeting takes place. You've got a great social media presence. You've got the remodel. You've got great music. You've got a great pastor. You've got great leadership. God has blessed you. But don't you dare start looking down on the things that got you to where you are. Hold on. You want to know what got you to where you are? Lingering in the presence of God. Forgetting about the agenda. Forgetting about what's next on the service schedule. And just laying on our faces and begging God for more. Begging God for greater. Begging God for deeper. And you know the tragedy of it all. We preach that Michael was barren. But the Bible does not say that my call was barren. The Bible said that she had no more children until the day of her death. Because when she got elevated as the bride and began to look down on the thing that got her to where she was, historians and theologians say that that was the day she stopped being intimate with the king. When the bride gets elevated and gets blessed and we start looking down on the thing that got us to where we are, that is the moment we stop producing in the kingdom.
mahande mo usha ande itala ma andolo bo uku unda ba ashanda yandala boko tolo mo shiki tala mandala ba katala mande mundala ba shiki mandala ba Are you ready? I'm going to count to three and sit this microphone down and I'm done. I'm walking away. The rest is up to you. But when I count to three, I'm calling on this church that if you've ever gotten a hunger and a desperation in your spirit for the glory to fill an atmosphere, I'm urging you for that moment to be right now. If you want to find a place to pray and listen, this cannot be a little 10 minute whispering prayer meeting. Holy. Holy, holy. And the posts of the door begin to shake at the voice of him that cried. Are you ready? One, two, three, go, go. Let it out. Come on. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. His reputation is in this house. I wish there'd be an elder just start rocking back and forth like you were in your rocking chair back home where you pray every morning I wish you'd just lift your voice and take this thing up another notch we want the glory God we want your reputation not my reputation not my rep- not my personality give us the glory give us your power give us the anointing Come on, come on, that's it. That's it. Things are starting to shift in this atmosphere. You're going to possess things, East Wind. God's taking you to a new place, and it starts tonight. When those Philistines, when those Philistines captured the ark in 1 Samuel, they put, a, they put the glory in the same room as their false god Dagon. Come in the next morning, Dagon's fallen over. They prop him back up. I'm going to tell you, you don't have to prop our God up. He's God all by himself. 
They propped him up, come back the next morning. And their graven image is falling over, broken into pieces. And the Philistines realize we gotta get we gotta get this glory out of here. Because we can't handle it. And here's what they did. They said, we're going to take two cows that have never known a yoke around their neck. We're going to put the glory on a cart. And we're going to tie the cows to the cart. Without knowing the path, without being familiar with a yoke around their neck, and with leaving their calves behind. We're going to send them back to Israel. It is interesting to me that the Bible says that they tied the cows to the cart, not the cart to the cows. And I believe that the reason the Bible says that is because the glory wasn't going with the cows. The cows were going with the glory. The glory doesn't connect to you. You connect to the glory. And I keep feeling in the Holy Ghost that there are people in this room, you feel like you've hit a wall. You feel like you've gone as far in the things of God as you can go. But yet you feel that nudge. God's trying to stretch you and he's calling you deeper. And you feel that he has things for you that you've never possessed before. And the thought has come into your mind that says, I don't know how to do that. I've never been used in that gift before. I've never prayed that long before. I've never done that before. I'm inexperienced in that area. Those cows left their calves behind. And even though they were inexperienced, they could be trusted with the weight of the glory. God is calling you in this house to leave some things behind. And I feel the Holy Ghost telling me to tell you, You may be inexperienced in this area God's calling you to. But he sees he can trust you with the weight of the glory. If that's you, with an urgency, I want you to get up from where you are, just as the Bible says. And I want you to come stand right in front of this pulpit. God's going to help you in this room. If you're really hungry for it, there ought to be an urgency in this you to hurry in front of this pulpit. There ought to be something in you that says, I'm tired of where I've been. I feel like I've hit a wall. I feel like I've grown as much in this area that I can. I'm ready for more. I'm ready for God to stretch me. I'm ready for God to take me deeper. But preacher, I don't know how. That's all right. You're going with the glory. And it's going to lead you every step of the way. Hmm. 
Yala bosha tala mandala bakatala bokata. Yala mandala boko moshandala bakitala manda. I don't know who you two are. I don't want you to look at me. I don't know who you two are, but you've you've been highlighted to me in the Holy Ghost this entire service. I don't know what your ministry is. I don't know what your talents are. I've seen you sing, but that's the extent of it. I don't know what your giftings are. But just as God said to Joshua and the children of Israel, you've never been this way before. There's no past metric. There's no reference point for what I'm about to do in you. And there's been a certain level of comfort and a certain level of familiarity. And you're fine with God using you that way because it makes sense. You're used to it. It's what you've experienced so far. But the Holy Ghost is telling me to tell you that whatever metric you have built in your mind, Erase it. Erase it. Look at me. The fear of the unknown. God's going to touch your mind. And he is going to equip you with everything you're supposed to be equipped with. To do what he's called you to do. I want you to lift your hands. Erase any metric in your mind. Both of you, lift your hands. Erase any metric in your mind. You don't have any idea what God wants to do through you. Stop limiting God to what you've already experienced in the past. In the name of Jesus Christ, I bind fear right now. I bind every feeling of unworthiness. The devil is a liar. God, the angel that is standing right next to me, let it go before them, God, and prepare the way for everything that you have for them. You know what? That's a word for a lot of you. Whatever you've been comfortable with God doing in your life up to this point, you need to erase that metric and say, God, whatever you want me to do in this end time hour, if you'll let me go with the glory, I'll follow it every step of the way. The only limitation in this moment and the only limitation moving forward, hear me, Eastwind, the only limitation is your hunger. It's not going to be automatic just because of this service. They had to follow the glory. They had to leave things behind. They had to carry the weight. And they had to go. Wherever the glory led them. When this moment is over. The only limitation. 
is your hunger. Are you ready? Lift your hands all over the house by the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. I bind self-doubt and insecurity. I bind limited expectations. I bind doubt and unbelief right now. Every feeling of unworthiness. Every spirit of fear. I command it to go now. And I loose the gift of faith into this atmosphere to believe that God, whatever you've got for us, we're going after it. Are you ready? Lift your voice in this house and let God know. We want it, God. We want it, God. Come on. Go. 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 Now. 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 Come on, that's it. We're going with the glory. There's another level. There's a fresh anointing. How bad do you want it here tonight?
I think you ought to blow the roof off of this house and let God know you can trust us with whatever's about to shift. Come on, I feel a shift in this church. You can trust us with it, God. Lift your voice. I'm done. The rest is up to you. Go. Go.